Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the top entrepreneurs in the world, and I thank you for joining us. I broadcast every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America's Influencers Channel. And you can listen to all of our shows on your Android or Apple device. Go to TonyDurso.com slash mobile and get the app. TonyDurso.com slash mobile. Before we get going, here's a big thank you to some amazing sponsors of our show. Please stay tuned for an important message from Molecule about a breakthrough science that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. More info on them just ahead, so please stay tuned. Today's show is with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. Here's some info on Yuri Kruman. Yuri is a corporate employee experience consultant startup advisor, Forbes Coaches Council member, and contributor to Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business.com, Influensive, and a number of other top platforms. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Yuri. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I really look forward to finding out more about millennials, how they think, how to take care of them, and the strategy involved. But first things first, Yuri, I'd love to know, we'd all love to know, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, in a galaxy far, far away many years ago, <laughs> in, uh, in the Soviet Union, um, I was born in 1983, and I uh, came to the U.S. when I was nine. We settled in Lexington, Kentucky. And I finished high school there. I went on to college at the uh, University of Pennsylvania, where I studied uh, neuroscience and anthropology and uh, Hispanic studies and chemistry, but that's a separate matter. And um, I went on to start my journey in New York at uh, NYU doing a PhD in neuroscience in 2004. And within that first year of the program, it became pretty clear that I'm not a very good fit there because uh, my personality is very much, I like to have my finger in 10 soups at the same time. And that's not a very good fit with the graduate, you know, with a PhD program, which is relatively focused on a small area of inquiry. So I left after a year and uh, being a good immigrant uh, boy, Needed a grad degree because otherwise, why is it that my mom brought me here, right? Not to twiddle my thumbs, so to speak. Um, so I decided, you know, I need to go to law school. <laughs> and uh, as a lot of people know that either have gone to law school or have considered it, it's not, uh, frankly, always the best, um, you know, idea unless you really know you want to practice law. And uh, that wasn't necessarily me, but uh, I did my best. Um, I had a number of different internships throughout law school. I worked in a hedge fund doing legal and compliance. I did uh, something called legal consulting. Don't ask what that is. It's a bit mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did uh, insurance defense litigation. And um, I was actually also for a summer working at a personal injury firm. And uh, I wasn't quite chasing ambulances, but I did end up on a commercial on uh, Russian primetime TV (laughs) where I was advertising uh, Scott Sherman and Associates, and I was his associates. 
So um, lots, lots of um, interesting experiences. And actually, uh, at the very end of law school, um, I had a friend who was trying to find uh, help for a project at The New Yorker as a fact checker. So among other things, I ended up working for a week at The New Yorker doing fact checking, where I got to call my childhood hero, Gary Kasparov, and have a conversation with him, which was totally surreal. But um, I graduated law school into the recession in 2009, and uh, there weren't many jobs back then and just didn't seem like a very good fit for me to go into law. So I ended up going into finance to pay the bills. I worked in um, first a hedge fund and several banks um, doing projects. And uh, at some point, I just realized this is, this is really not a good fit, you know, neither culturally nor subject matter for what I want to be doing. But uh, at this point, I'm saddled with a quarter million in law school debt, and that's not an exaggeration. Actually, is a quarter quarter million dollars. And um, you know, what do I do? So a friend of mine comes to me and says, "Look, you gave me some great ideas in healthcare back in the day. I want to build a company um, that has a consumer-centric focus, but in health insurance. Do you want to work on this with me?" Okay. Um, so while I'm working at uh, a bank, Brown Brothers Harriman. Um, you know, this is when uh, the Wall's, uh, kind of anti-Wall Street protests were going on across the street. Uh, here I am trying to build a health insurance company from a, from a tech perspective. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but um, it gave me um, kind of the direction of going into health tech. So I ended up working in health tech in three separate startups. In one of them, I was doing finance and operations. In the second one, I was doing product management. And the third one, I was doing special projects, quote unquote, which kind of means everything between business development, fundraising, investor relations, HR, and pretty much whatever needed to be done. And um, at a certain point, I just said, you know what? As much as I love working in startups, it's very high risk, and you know you have to drink the Kool Aid, and I'm just tired of drinking it. <laughs> so it gets that's, too sweet after a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It makes you makes you want to throw up a little bit. That's sweet, but um, Yuri, I'm so impressed at <laughs> what you've done and all of these industries that you've been in: legal, neuroscience, doing commercials, healthcare, newspaper, finance. Insurance, technology, I don't know if I missed anything. And here you are into working with and helping millennials. It just shows your passion to succeed and be really good at something. And I guess you had to try these other types of industries and businesses to be good. Or perhaps you've used the knowledge you have, obviously, from all of these to be so good in what you do. Yeah, I didn't set out to do so many different things, clearly. And, um, you know, life sometimes, in my case, quite a lot teaches you to keep swimming or you'll sink. So in my case, that's what it meant. It meant, okay, this didn't work out. Let me go try something else. And uh, I realized in the process that I had a I had a formula, essentially, for how to create opportunity from nothing without any connections and without any experience. And uh, that's what became the uh, methodology for Master the Talk Consulting, which is my firm. Right. And you're known very well for Master the Talk. And for the audience here, what is the business? You say it's consulting, but can you define a little bit more what is it that you do? Sure. So it's uh, two sides of the house. Um, one side is actually executive coaching for mid-career millennials. 
A lot of people these days want to leave finance or healthcare, large firms, Fortune 500 companies, and go into smaller tech companies. Seemingly, it's more sexy. You can get paid well, even though you're doing something more meaningful, more connected to who you really are and where you're going and to what you want to be when you grow up. Because even, you know, at 35 and 40, sometimes people don't know yet what they want to be when they grow up. So I help them, I guide them by the hand, um, essentially from that Fortune 500 company where they feel stuck and underappreciated to a company where they're aligned with the mission and values and they're doing work that's very meaningful and very much in the channel through which they want to contribute to improving humanity. This is very interesting. So you help millennials get jobs? Am I saying it right? It's it's not just getting them jobs. That's obviously important, but it's really helping people to understand their unique story, what what makes them tick, and then how to translate that into a professional context, meaning into a dream job with a clear career action plan that they can keep acting on, regardless of what happens with an individual job or company. And that kind of ownership, I really help a person to become more empowered by owning their story, by owning their failures, owning the things that they've done, both for the good and bad, that follow certain patterns. And based on those patterns, that's what really tells us where this person's mission lies. And also even bigger than mission, what movement are they leading and what people are they serving? And that can you know, create a project plan, let's say over the next 10 years, I want to create a company that, uh, I don't know, empowers people to better health through software, for example. Okay. So that kind of thing, that's one side of the house, executive coaching. And the other side is HR transformation consulting, which is focused on optimizing the employee experience for companies. Those companies are in some cases, larger corporations, and sometimes they're startups or at least later stage startups where they have the thinking that we want to not just attract talent, but also retain and develop top millennial talent. And we, not only we have to keep up with the Joneses, with the Googles, Facebooks, uh, Salesforce, et cetera, but we really need to understand our particular special sauce, as we call it, right? The story around which the company was built and the story around which the company continues, you know, being at the top of its market. And that's what I start with. I start for every executive that I work with. I start for every executive team I work with by helping them get to the roots of their story, by helping them understand what makes us special, what makes us different, not by contrast with others, but individually through individual stories. And from there flow all the different elements of the employee experience from Well, before a person ever comes to work for a company, they come across the website, they come across certain branding or marketing collateral all the way through until they're recruited and they're onboarded. They are at the company for a while and um, eventually past when they leave and they become ambassadors for that company. So looking at that entire continuum, not just at engagement or retention or turnover or you know, elements of onboarding and talent acquisition, right? It's, it's a much more thorough and comprehensive way of looking at what it's like to actually work for a company. And how does this company empower me, the employee, to become a better person, to become a better professional, 
to grow in my career and then, of course, to help the company grow and, and develop in its particular space. Quite something. And I invite the audience to check out your site. I'll spell it Y-U-R-I-K-R-U-M-A-N. The testimonials you have of the people you have helped are so insightful. Just love them. And check out about Yuri. By the time you read his life story, you feel like you've been friends all your life with him hanging out. The way you've put it together, I'm very impressed. And I could see how you actually not just teach it, but you apply it because it's a really nice job there on your site. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And you managed to attract a lot of PR and media. You're very big with Master the Talk. How did you get so much media going? Well, the first uh, thing you have to realize as a startup yourself, right, is that nobody's going to do your PR for you. Even the best PR spin masters, not only they're insanely expensive and without guarantees, nobody can tell your story for you better than you can do it yourself. In fact, if you don't know how to tell your story, there's a much bigger underlying problem. Okay. So for me, that was kind of the revelation in the beginning that I've been through all, all these crazy experiences and massive challenges and and, um, you know, basically disruptions in my life and professional life and personal as well. And um, I needed to understand why me? Why am I meant to go through all this, right? For what purpose? So for me then to go and tell that story in print, you know, I've always loved writing. I've always loved telling stories. For me, it was a very natural transition to, okay, you know, I know that to build my business, I need to get exposure in top publications, this is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey guys, here's a quick word on Molecule. It's a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. First of all, Molecule replaces 50 years old antiquated technology. Molecule's technology is personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule helps allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule is a clean design with high-quality experience, the apple of air purifiers. You know, breathing clean air transforms the way you sleep, and Molecule's technology research is backed by EPA. Check it out. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And at checkout, enter Tony. Once again, for $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E dot com. And at checkout, enter Tony. And here's the better breathing. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Key Influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. 
All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Yuri Kruman and Marcus A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. Yuri's consulting, advising, and coaching portfolio includes speaking engagements and advisory work on employee experience, HR transformation, change management, customer experience, and PR media strategic partnerships, impacting thousands of corporate and startup executives. All right, and now back to the chat with Yuri. So I started swimming in a number of different uh, Facebook groups. I started realizing that the best way to be featured somewhere is first to add value to people, right? So before you go and interview somewhere uh, or, you know, sit down to tell your story, you need to understand the person that you're speaking with. What is valuable to them? You know, how do you transmit that value in the shortest, most efficient manner? And uh, with time, I learned what large publications look for, became a contributor at uh, Forbes. I actually joined the Forbes Coaches Council um, by invitation, and that, that carries with it um, the right to be published in Forbes on, on their website. Then from there, I learned how to get into entrepreneur. I found all kinds of different ways to get featured through Quora. I wrote up a bunch of different articles about what I've learned and whatever little wisdom I've picked up over the years um, to get it out to people. And a couple of pieces got picked up, uh, one on Inc., something else got featured on Mashable. Bottom line is I, I kind of figured out a certain formula for what contributors to these publications look for, what's valuable to them, and then how to reach them, how to pitch them, and then how to tell my story in a concise and insightful manner for each particular audience. And, you know, the premise for Master the Talk is it's really, it's threefold. You need to have your own conversation in your head straight about who you are, where you're going, how to add value, etc. And it's kind of like your internal Twitter, right? You need to make sure that it's tweeting the right things and not just random nonsense. Um, the other piece is how do you speak to other people, whether it's through email, in person, through some other means. You have to understand that other person's language and psychology in order to transmit value, number one, and number two, in order for them to feel compelled to feature you somewhere or to help you tell your story or whatever it is. So that kind of um, understanding that, you know, you, you need to master your talk inside your head, then you can also at the same time master the way you speak to other people. That really puts you on another level, you know, whether your propensity is writing or speaking or something else, that's what really gets you featured in a lot of these places. I appreciate that very much. We have a lot of people in the audience, entrepreneurs, business owners, corporate level execs, and so forth. And they're probably listening to this going, great, there's some good tips. You help others, you nurture them, you help them work out their story so that they own it and give it out. There's got to be more to it. Perhaps it's something you've already talked about, but I'd like to open this up a little bit more on how you help others to empower themselves. It all starts with me telling my own story. I get very vulnerable, you know, whenever I go on podcasts or I write articles, I really try to tell the story as it is. For example, being an entrepreneur, it's in some ways the last thing uh, that's glamorous or glorious. It's, it's actually incredibly difficult. It's not for everyone. It puts you through crazy highs and lows. And, you know, sometimes you get... Uh, bad uh, health news or financial news. And you have to deal with all of that while you're trying to build and sustain 
a company and serve clients and try to get featured in PR. So for me, everything starts with me getting vulnerable. Ironically, instead of people seeing me in a light that, oh, you know, this guy is uh, this and that, right? They actually see, wow, he's, he's strong enough to tell a story the way it is. And I think that helps people to open up about their own failures and, and difficult experiences and challenges. And that really opens the gates, right? Once you have all of that kind of raw material about someone, you can really help them to mold it into something that's a much, much stronger edifice, right? About who this person is, how they add value, and who are their ideal clients. And then you can create a methodology and a business around serving those people who are usually one or two steps behind in whatever process that is the basis for the business. And, you know, that can take the form of software, certain other products or services. And that's, you know, that's what I do. My work, whether it's in consulting or coaching, is based very much on my own experience in switching careers, changing jobs, being unemployed, you know, being briefly homeless, sleeping between two couches of friends. You know, it's based on all of those very, very difficult experiences. And, um, you know, for example, just very briefly, when I started my company, when I started Master the Talk, a couple months in, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. And you can imagine, it's the kind of thing that can either really completely take the wind out of your sails, or it can encourage you and it can seal you to the point where this is not going to fail, no matter what. I, I have to make this work for my family, for my daughter, for, for everybody, right? And it's that kind of thing that instead of making someone look vulnerable and weak, it actually builds their credibility and it helps them to serve their ideal clients in a much more profound and valuable manner. Sorry to hear about your daughter. How is she doing, by the way? Thank you for asking. She's, she's dramatically better since then. But, you know, of course, it's a process. I know. And the medical expenses have got to be just out the roof. Even with any medical insurance and copay and this is still... I know because my wife is in the medical industry and I hear these stories and it's like, even if you have insurance, it is such an expense to have that kind of issue that you have right there. I wish you the best on that. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're very fortunate that my wife, um, you know, works for an amazing company and they've, they've covered the vast majority of our expenses. But of course, that's, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, <laughs> typical for all people that go through this experience. So, you know, certainly... We've been very, very fortunate. There's no two ways about it. Very good on that. Back to the consulting, the helping. You've got it figured out. Well, let's put it this way. The millennial, the person who wants to go out there, he's got it figured out how to tell his story, who he is. He's been through his, his own school of hard knocks, I guess. He's tweaked himself. But now he's got to figure out what he really wants strong enough to be able to pursue it and make money on a business. How can you help someone find their path on that? Sure. So let me let me go a bit into my me- actual methodology. This is going to be a very useful takeaway for all the listeners. So there are four pillars to the methodology. The first one is life mission. Life mission looks at you, let's say, 10 years down the road where you've built a company. You're solving a very specific intellectual problem. And um, you need to have picked up between now and then a certain set of experiences, skills, um, certain networks you need access to, to raise funds, et cetera. 
One very simple example, let's say you want to eradicate AIDS in Thailand in 10 years. What do you need to do to achieve that? You need to start a company, recruit a team, raise a lot of money, create the drug, get it FDA approved, work with the health ministry in Thailand to identify the population, uh, get them the right drug, and then bam, 10 years, you've achieved your goal. doesn't always happen in that neat (laughs) way, but at least you have your plan and you can adjust where you are based on that plan. And you're not just swimming in thin air. Life mission is one. Number two is values. You look at the people that you choose to spend time with that are usually adding value to you. Maybe they're mentors, uh, you know, priest, minister, rabbi, former colleague, professor, somebody like that. Maybe it's a family member. What is common to those people, right? How do they bring out the best in you? Are they kind, generous, hilarious, brilliant? How are they empowering you? Bottle that and use that as your reference point for when you go on job interviews or you look for business partners or clients or vendors or investors. It's very, very important because if those people are not aligned with you, you're going to have lots of problems in your business or in your career. Number three, so we have life mission values. The third is outcomes. Outcomes are essentially the channel for how you add value to other people to help them improve their life. What do I mean by that? Some people are born operators, meaning you give them a timeline and budget. They don't look left. They don't look right. They get it done on time and on budget. Okay. Some people are evangelists, small e, right? They take, um, let's say, uh, their ability to persuade others and they say, come on board, work with me, invest in me. You know, here, let's, let's build this product. Let's execute on this strategy. And they motivate people to actually bring it off, to build some. Okay, maybe somebody's a curator, they help someone to figure out their exact uh, financial portfolio. Maybe someone's a caretaker, they love empowering others to do their life's best work. Maybe they're a niche expert in some very small subject uh, around Moroccan Arabic. Okay, And um, those are the most typical things. And uh, you have to figure out what is the strongest channel for you in terms of energy, in terms of adding value in, in the simplest, most seamless way What is your zone of genius? That's really what this is getting at. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Would you like a lot of people checking out your sales page, your branding page, your podcast? Like a lot of us, are you just trying to do it all yourself? Are you taking webinars, seminars, and workshops to learn how to grow your social media and how to bring visitors to your site? Are you downloading free ebooks, buying books, buying classes? Doing this and that just to learn how to get more sales, more people, more exposure? Been there, done that. Why not just get good targeted traffic and cut to the chase? Skip the extra steps and get the visitors you want now. Imagine how you would feel if you had thousands and thousands of consumers coming in each week and checking out what you have, including downloading your podcasts, watching your videos, checking out your webinars, reading your stuff, and so forth. Most people can't do it all. The learning curve is too steep. You need help to get her done. 
My roots are lead generation and marketing, and I have cut through the chase to get a sizable audience. I've learned from some of the best. These people are the real deal, organic. That's what you want. Let me help. Go to TonyDURSO.com and find clicks on the nav bar. Follow the link and let's set you up for a trial. That's TonyDURSO.com and find clicks on the nav bar. C-L-I-C-K-S. Here's to your success. You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. And set up your own successful vision map. TonyDURSO.com slash vision. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. And now back to the chat with our guests. And the last piece is role. Role is not your title. It's the way that you react in a situation where you're thrown off balance. So let's say you're traveling in Morocco, you're with a group of friends, and you get robbed by Bedouins. So how do you react? Are you the brilliant strategist who finds a plan to get out of there? Are you the evangelist who collects money, executes on the strategy, persuades everyone to get out of there? Are you the niche expert who loves Moroccan Arabic? You convince the Bedouins to let you go. Are you the person making sure everyone's hydrated, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. So life mission values, outcomes, and role. Those are the four pillars. Then we look at negative scripts. That's that little Twitter in your head that's always telling you, hey, you're not good enough, or you're going to fail, or eh, what happens if you succeed, or oh, look, shiny object, right? Things like that. And you want to get those out on paper, and you want to start dis- destroying them systematically, or contextualizing them to a point where that Twitter is not very loud and you don't listen to it. <laughs> and uh, then you have to look at your, what I call, founding stories. Okay, Just as we have the founding fathers, we have uh, history written by the victors. Right. In this case, we want to not rewrite your stories, just the opposite. We want to dig deep into your trauma, into you know certain difficulties that you've been through, challenges. We want to understand who's influenced you, whom have you influenced, how do you process how do you process information? How do you make decisions? What kinds of games do you enjoy playing? Is that uh, strategy, word, or um, role-playing? You know, um, basically whatever other things that are relevant to who you are, meaning maybe your learning style, things like that. And then that makes up a much more robust picture of who you are. And my job is to make sense of those patterns. And usually when a person gets all those stories out of their system, they start seeing the patterns themselves. And based on that, we tie that to a title and industry, and we look at companies whose missions and values are closely aligned with the person, with the client. Then we have the person reach out to decision makers in those companies using pain letters 
saying, hey, you know, uh, hey, John, I'm such and such. We went to school together or nice uh, Forbes article or something else, something to lower the barrier. Then you say, based on my research, I understand you're having issues X, Y, Z in your business. As it happens, I've solved issues X, Y, and Z for you know my own business or uh, for someone else's. I'd love to do the same for you. Do you have 15 minutes to chat? Okay. Very different conversation. And then that creates conversations, um, you know, calls, meetings, and interviews. You want to make sure that your body language in the interview is not only confident, but is, you're very clear on how you're adding value. And it's either a good match for your reference point or it's not, rather than you doing a dog and pony show, a beauty contest, you know, pretty please hire me. I'm nice and smart and I have beautiful eyes. That's a waste of time. If it's a bad fit, don't go there. But you have to be the one driving that process. Once you're clear on who you are, what works for you and what doesn't, you go and ask the right questions and you filter. Either it works for you or it doesn't. If it works for you, go through the process, get an offer, negotiate it up to capture as much of your value as you can. And you have your dream job or you have your dream client, whatever it is. It's the same process. That's brilliant, Yuri. I absolutely love the four pillars. And I invite and encourage everyone in the audience to check out your site. Again, yurikruman.com. That's Y-U-R-I-K-R-U-M-A-N. This is Yuri Kruman. He's made it. This is the employee experience strategist. And you've just given us some great information on how we can better maneuver into that better position, whether it's a job or even our own business. It's my pleasure, Tony. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. It was great. And now we have Mark S.A. Smith join us. Mark is a business growth strategist who works with executives who must build and run a sustainable, scalable, profitable, and saleable business. He does this by educating and coaching them on the executive strategy skill stack, the seven elements that must be in place to be an effective business leader. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Mark. So great to have you on. Finally, we get to interview you. Yeah, Tony, it's been really great. I loved having you on my show, the Selling Disruption Show. It was really awesome. And uh, of course, I'm delighted to be on your show and share some ideas with your listener. Thank you so much. And it is an honor to have you on this show as well as quite an honor to be on your show. So thank uh, thank you so much for our audience Selling Disruption. What's the URL for that? So we can. It is. It is the Selling Disruption Show, and I've been honored to be recognized as the ninth best sales podcast by Zoom Info, and uh, ranked higher than some of my heroes. Wow, that is quite an accolade. Well, congratulations Thank to you. you. All right, Mark. Now I have a couple questions, but first things first. I'd love to know how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, my mother and father fell in love. I don't know if you want to go back that far. (laughs) Okay, so we got that part. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody else, you know, I went to college, got a degree in electrical engineering. Not everybody gets that, but went to college, got a degree, got a job with a big company I always wanted to work for. But in this particular case, it wasn't as an engineer, it was a sales. This was back in the days when HP hired sales uh, engineers to do their selling because it was a peer-to-peer sales job. I, you know, I didn't know how to sell. I knew how to design things, how to analyze things, but I figured it didn't make any difference. I know the products, I know the customer's problems, I can make some money. And as you might imagine, Tony, I made every mistake in the sales book. When customers said, can you do it? I'd say, sure. (laughs) Can you do it by Friday? Sure. (laughs) You know, Mark, you know a good salesperson when he says yes, no matter what. (laughs) That's what it was. And then you learn by the seat of your pants. 
that's what it was. You know, my sales training was, here's your phone, here's your desk, good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, think, I think you and I both had the same supervisor. <laughs> Indeed. So I had to figure it out my way. And, and I, just, I listened to all the sales greats on cassette tapes back in those days. That's what you had. Read the books, interviewed the old pros, and I figured out a heck of a lot about how to sell disruptive products along the way. And my entire life has been selling new technology that people didn't know they needed to buy. And how do you crack into a market when somebody doesn't want to listen to you? And if you tell them about how great your widget is, they're like, I don't care. It's it's risky. I'm not going to do it. And so I've learned a lot about how to bring products to market that are expensive and require multiple decision makers before you get to a yes. And let me tell you something. It's not What's taught in scales classes these days, the old approach of features, advantages, and benefits fails in that type of multi-decider environment. And the key reason why is because everybody you're talking to has a different yes set. They have different things they need to see or hear or feel. Feeling is very different for each of the decision makers. And so you have to tailor every conversation to what is going to be a valuable conversation for all players involved. And I've figured out how to do that along the way. These are some really great points, and I'm going to bring some up because I've been through your site, and I see that you specialize in that. In that, But Mark, believe it or not, I think I'm going to go backwards on this interview today because I'm really curious on how to pronounce your website name and also find out why it has that name. Oh, that's a great idea. It's bijaco.com, B-I-J-A-C-O. And Bija, as your wife might know, means seed. Now, Bija has a meaning in Punjabi as well as Hindu. Hmm. Means seed. In both it means seed, it's the same? Same. Because yeah. the languages are a little bit different, but they that's are, very but still, interesting. It still means seed. And so as a business growth strategist, which is what you see on my business card, seed is the perfect metaphor. I like it. Bija. Bija code. Bijaco, yeah, bijaco.com. I love a six-letter URL. <laughs> now, this is this is a seed in terms of you're going to take a company from wherever they are and make That's them right. grow and grow into something far bigger than they expected. That's exactly right. I believe the seeds of greatness are inside of everybody. They just need to be fed and watered, a little light shone on them. And before you know it, everything you need is going to emerge into that great tree from a single little seed, oak seed or a Pinoli seed, you like pinolis? You're an Italian pinolis. man. You know, that's so <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mark, when I, when I talk with a lot of business executives over the years, of course, the number one thing they want is, well, more deals, more sales, more customers. Now, besides the obvious, I think you have something rather profound and important to say about it. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith employee experience, and business strategists. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Yuri Kruman and Mark S.A. Smith, employee experience and business strategists. Mark hosts the Executive Strategy Skills Summit, authored 14 books, and was paid to work in 54 countries. Working in the world of customer acquisition since 1982, Mark uses systems thinking to help organizations successfully bring new disruptive technology to market, learning the secret to conducting conversations with customers who don't think they want or need what's being sold. He also hosts the Selling Disruption Show podcast. And now back to the chat with Mark. Well, there's so many things we can talk about, but that's exactly right. As a business growth strategist, I work with executives and helping them figure out how to grow their company. And uh, certainly one of those aspects is fixing the sales process, especially if they're selling complex, expensive things to lots of people, uh, lots of deciders, rather. Uh, but a lot of it is helping them get out of their own way. Uh, the, the most amazing thing is when I work with entrepreneurs, they want to do everything, which means their cap is about around, somewhere around $2 million until they can get out of their own way. Then they can grow to about maybe $50 million, and then they have to start thinking like an executive instead of thinking like an entrepreneur. And it's about that time, uh, listener, if you have a company, about that time that you stop recognizing everybody in your company, stop, you don't know the name of the people that you see in your office, that's about the time when you have to make that shift to thinking like an executive. An executive thinks very differently, has a very different mindset, a different skill set, a different tool set than an entrepreneur or a manager. And so I help people make that, that transition uh, through both classes and uh, written words and podcasts, as well as uh, individual strategy development conversations. Some people call that coaching. I love it. That's very interesting. Now, you also say that you figured out how to speed up how customers make decisions when it's something complex and yes. or expensive or both. Okay, yes. Mark, how's that? What's the secret? <laughs> Well, there's, uh, there's fundamentally three components to our success when we are selling things. Component number one is the motivation of the person we're talking with. Do they want what we're buying? Does it bring value to their life? Is the reward greater than the risk of bringing it into their life? And I don't care how good you are or how cheap you are or how amazing you are. If they don't see a, a major improvement in their life and this is a critical concept. And if they don't see themselves as having that as part of their identity, there's no way they're going to say yes. The reality is every customer has to see you as a provider, as part of their identity. And we see this for, you know, all over the place. You know, I'm a Chevy man. I'm a Ford man. I'm a GMC man. <laughs> they wouldn't think of buying another brand because it impinges upon their, their already fixed identity. And that's a component a lot of people forget about is the identity aspect of bringing on a new product or a new vendor into their life. And that's where branding creates such stickiness, where somebody commits to a specific brand. So half of our success is about their motivation. 40% of our success is the relationship that we create with our prospect, ultimately with our customer. So do they believe us? Do they trust us? Do they believe that we are acting in their best interest or are we just trying to sell them something today? 
Because I don't care how much they want it, if they don't believe you're going to have their back, they're going to choose somebody who they believe will have their back. And that really is about safety. Are you going to take care of me in case something goes wrong? Now, Mark, this is completely perfect. It's accurate. It's, it, it makes great sense. It's completely true. However, it takes time to get into the mindset of the person, build that relationship, and you have a very expensive process. So how do you open up the little gates to getting that confidence where you can then do your thing? All right. So the fastest way to build a relationship is with relevant content, relevant material. Become a person of interest. As an author, I've written 14 books, seven of which you can buy, and the other seven have my name on the inside, not the outside, because I wrote them for other people. The, um, the reality is that authority is a great way of gaining that. In my business, people will, will pay me thousands of dollars to do business with me and the first time that they meet me because they've watched my shows, they've listened to my podcasts, they've read my books. Now, as the general salesperson, you might be thinking, Mark, I don't have that opportunity. Well, the answer is yes, you do. What if you whacked out a, a thousand word white paper and when you call people up, say, hey, you know, I just published this, uh, this document on how do you make a decision? How do you buy what I sell? How do, how do you improve your processes in an organization? The, the three questions every executive has to ask when it comes to growing their company. Anything of that nature that's relevant to the person that you want to sell to. And so offer them something of value. The, the problem with most salespeople, especially uh, when they're reaching out to cold lists, is they're doing cold calling. And in the, in the case of cold calling, what we're doing is asking somebody to give us something of extraordinary value, some of their time and attention, and they don't owe us a thing. I so know those cold call days. Uh, oh, yeah. It's so, just not workable. And of course, today with social media, you can put out content and put out content. But in a way, you're also kind of, let's say, hoping, expecting that the right type of person, the, the relevancy will be there and someone will reach back to you. Otherwise, you just keep pumping out content. How do you make that connection? Well, of course, every piece of content has to have a call to action. And so if you're offering somebody the opportunity for a piece of information from you, the call to action always has to be. And if you'd like to have a further conversation about this, in my opinion, we always want to sell the conversation, not the offering. If you're like me, Tony, if I can have a conversation with somebody and they have a genuine need and they've got money, 80% of the time they're going to buy from me after I have a conversation with them. And listener, if you don't have that kind of close ratio, then we need to work together on that. <laughs> My goodness. Mark, now don't customers or excuse me, don't prospects think that, okay, they've read this material. It's very interesting. They know that you have something to say. You have some wisdom. You, you understand maybe a little bit about what they're doing, but they know that if they have that free phone call with you, it's just a sales call. Well, they get to hang up anytime they like. The reality is that we have savvy people to say, nah, no thanks, versus positioning yourself as a person of interest. I'll, have, I'll be glad to give anybody 20 minutes of my time. That's fine. I learn from everybody I speak, even if it's, I don't want to be like that person. <laughs> and that's how a business can get more customers, more prospects by putting out relevant content about their industry or business that will engage those that are potential clients for them. Indeed. The, the challenge today is how do we create relevance? The way we do that is, well, first of all, you have to have re repetition. You know, it's repetitive relevance. It's the, 
solving the challenge or providing the dream that your customers are looking for. And it has to be repetitive. It has to be, there has to be a cadence of consistency. It can't be one and done. Sorry, folks, it's a moving parade. And it may take you touching somebody a dozen times uh, with your content before they can say, well, sure, I, I trust you enough to have a conversation with you. The, the, the next thing is they actually have to provide expanding value. It always has to be increasingly valuable for people. And, you know, Tony, I know that you're working on your next book and I'm working on my next book. And, and when I work on my books, I publish the chapters that I just finished writing on the web. Here, read That's my whole book for free. Read my book for free. Please. I love it. One chapter <laughs> give, at a time. You give it away before people even buy it. So Absolutely. Because quite frankly, what's more valuable, selling a book for $25 or selling a contract for 25000 that's an easy, easy one. And the fact that I'm writing the book it creates that person of interest and it's that repetitive relevance and they, they trust me and, and they feel like they're on the inside when they get to have a chapter of my book before it ever gets published. Man, this, this is easy. Here, I've got a haiku for you. Freely give wisdom. Pay for its application. Room for more up yours. I like that. Very sage. <laughs> You're wise in the travels. You've been to, what, 34 countries doing oh, sales? Uh, it's like- I've been, yeah, Tony, I've been paid to work in 54 countries around the world. I've got 65 different passport stamps. The reality is that we're all people. We eat different things. We may use different words when we swear, but we still love with the same heart, breathe the same air, drink the same water, and we still all want the same things. That's for our kids to live in a safe world. I absolutely love it. We're really getting some great focus here on sales and marketing strategies. And I want to just remind the audience again that Mark here has written several books with Jay Conrad Levinson. I don't know who is more ultimate in marketing and setting mm-hmm. the pace and the, the foundation for marketing than him. Or no one more prolific than Jay Levinson. He has his name on more than 50 books. I was absolutely honored to co-author three books with him in the 90s, along with Orville Ray Wilson. And uh, there was, uh, the first one was Guerrilla Teleselling. I'm sorry, Guerrilla Trade Show Selling. (laughs) My my first book was a a 5,000-word little pamphlet that would slip into a business-sized envelope, and I sold 13,500 of those by essentially sending to magazines and say, print any or all of this, just include this tag where you can send $2.95. This was a long time ago. And I would get... $3 $3 checks in the mail every day. <laughs> Ingenious. I love it, Mark. And then uh, Orville Ray got a cold copy of one of those and said, you know, he presented to Jay and Jay'd say, hell yeah, let's, let's write that book. Then the second book we wrote was Guerrilla Teleselling, which is how do, you get, how do you create relationships when you can't be there in person? And then the third one that we wrote was Guerrilla Negotiating, which is the antidote to the dirty tricks taught to buyers to take the profit out of a sales deal. Of course, Ooh, to uh, I like that. Of course, to provide the antidote to the dirty tricks, we also teach the dirty tricks, and we're going to rely on your integrity to know which side of the game to play on. All right. Well, let's take a look at that. Not the dirty tricks, but let's just take a look at that. <laughs> Is it questions or things to think about when doing a sale? Let's just take this a little step up a little bit. Let's go more broad. How about some advice on how to do sales, open up doors more, speed deals? Let's have it. All right. You, uh, all right. So probably the most important thing to realize when you're selling is that no longer is a sales decision made by a single individual beyond, let's say, a, a $500 purchase. And even then, it may have multiple people involved. Everybody has a scorekeeper. Somebody's checking in with them. 
I have a scorekeeper. Her name is Molly. She's my wife. She makes sure that my blind spot doesn't get, get me blindsided. And so we check in when we make purchases to make sure that it's intentional. And then in the business world, of course, we all have scorekeepers, our bosses. We have bosses who could be our banker. And so when we make decisions in the corporate business to business world, every purchase decision has a impact on a person's career. If it blows up, they have to cover themselves some way because in the world of business, the only way you make serious money is with a promotion. Eh, these little couple percent per year pay raises isn't how you get money. You do it by getting promoted. And the only way you get promoted is by illustrating consistently that you can exercise solid judgment. So if you make a purchase decision and it blows up, then your boss is embarrassed because your boss would never promote into their inner circle somebody who doesn't execute consistent good judgment because it's not going to get them promoted because they're not executing consistently good judgment. So there is a career impact on virtually every decision made. Now, if you hold that into context, what that means is that you have to illustrate that you are the safest choice and you have their back. So today, which is very different than selling 120 years ago, which is the basis of our traditional sales methodology that we teach today. I mean, we might rewind to that. You know, I wasn't selling 120 years ago, so I'm a little foggy on how their sales (laughs) tactics were. Well, fundamentally, the feature advantages and benefits sales methodology was invented by John Patterson, who was the CEO of National Cash Register, NCR, the original IT company. And he wrote this book called, uh, this 16-page book called The Book of Sales Arguments. And he was selling cash registers to one decider. Nobody but the shopkeeper had to decide. And the methodology was so powerful and so effective that in the 1930s, one out of six executives had been through the NCR sales school. It still continues on today. And it works great if you have a single decider, low consideration type of sale. But the folks, that doesn't work when you have today's multi-decider, high consideration sale type of products. That's what I was really referring to. Patterson was really an interesting cat. If he pissed you off, he would have his workman haul your desk, which back in those days was made out of wood, to the front yard, and he would set it on fire. Oh my yes, goodness. friends. Patterson. That's, that's a lawsuit today. <laughs> Patterson was the one who invented the phrase, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Literally on fire. No kidding. It's uh, written up in the Dayton Register where Patterson was uh, located. There's news stories of him doing that. So we got the evidence in the newspaper. So carrying on here. So that means is that today we don't have to illustrate that we're the best choice. We have to illustrate that we're the safest choice. I like that. I like that. There's so much advice here. There's so much to talk about. There's so many places I could go, but I do want to make sure we have a mix of entrepreneurs, business owners. We have corporate level executives. We also have people career minded. Everyone wants to get better ahead in life. You've given some great advice on how to move up the ladder that you've got to really focus on getting promoted. That's for the person who's in a career and doing well. The only way you're going to make more money is by getting promoted. I get that. How about the other, whatever percentage that is, business owners, people working for a business owner, more entrepreneurial, what advice would you give them to get more deals, speed up deals? Or do we already cover some of that or... Did you give, well, did you give it all away? Let's, let, let's add an, just another piece to that, to speed up deals. Really, the whole idea is that since you have to reduce perceived risk, 
Let me share with you very quickly the seven P's of risk reduction. How do you ah, proceed? This is what I want. The good stuff. Uh, All right. This is the good stuff. Now, keep in mind, friend, that if there's any perception of risk, it delays or stops sales. And the thing I want you to think about is this. Risk is fear objectified. I'm no executive would ever say, I'm afraid. So they say, I sense risk. <laughs> Ooh. it's the the code word i I don't like this (laughs) it is a code word (laughs) and so keep in mind that risk is always a judgment what is risky to one person is riskless to someone else and experience is what decreases perceived risk so as we have a lot of new people coming into the job market uh, right now we have uh, we've, we've crossed over where half of our workers are now millennials they have a lot of things they have to learn we have to give them new ways of doing this. So there's th- fundamentally three ways to reduce uh, risk and mitigate them. Number one is experience. Number two is equipment and tools. And number three is the environment that you're in. And the environment is one of the places where guarantees can help a lot. So that's just kind of a quick kind of intro to that. But let, let me share with you the seven Ps. Number one is proof. You have to prove that you can deliver what you're promising and what they're expecting. And you do this, of course, with you know, testimonials and case studies and assessment tools. And the thing to keep in mind is the proof has to be relevant up the decision chain. So their scorekeepers have to believe that the proof is relevant. And you have to have a preponderance of proof. It can't be just a single data point. So proof is the first P. Second P is process. Show them how it will work. Keep in mind that an executive will never agree to a project that they don't know how to manage. That's so important. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) An executive will never agree to a project they don't know how to manage. So you have to show them what this is going to look like and what the steps are going to be like and bringing you into their life and what happens if something goes wrong and how are you going to contact them. So it's all about essentially project management. The more expensive and complex, the more project management that's required, even for a simple purchase. Uh, You need to illustrate what it's going to be like for them to get it up running. And if there's problems, who are you going to call? And if they don't like it, how do they get it back to you? So that's a process. Next is progress. The idea is you have to illustrate that they have an ever-expanding understanding about what you're offering. And that's one of the things that the content does, is it makes it gives them the experience, it gives them the education they need to feel comfortable and confident in purchasing from you. It's one of the ways we can reduce risk before they even have a conversation with you. Oh, I know how to buy this stuff. I know how to make a good decision. And so one of the ways that we can do that is point out that they've made progress from your conversations. So here's an insider secret that's going to increase your sales rapidly. And if you hired me to come in and teach you how to do this, this is one of the first things I would teach you. And that is you start meetings with what would make this meeting valuable? What would make this conversation valuable? You start every conversation that way and it shocks them. What? You mean, you're not here to give me a pitch? Nope. I have no idea what to tell you. If I just start off cold, I could tell you stuff that you hate and <laughs> that's not going to work. So what would make this meeting valuable? And in our conversation, you start off, you know, share with me some things that can help people accelerate deals. And then we end the meeting with what is the most valuable idea you got from our conversation. That bracket is what illustrates that you have relevant value and it also clues you in to what they find interesting so you can give them more of just that. So that's progress. I like that. That's very good progress. Every meeting, every meeting, start out with what would make this meeting valuable. Use the word valuable because that's what you're trying to illustrate. And then what did you find valuable? 
Mark, if our audience goes to bijaco.com, can they see the seven principles? There is an article up there on the seven principles. Absolutely true. Good, good, good. Well, great. I welcome the audience to go to Bija. That's again, I'll spell it B-I-J-A-C-O.com and check out the seven principles and everything else about this is Mark S.A. Smith, business growth strategist. Amazing stuff. We haven't even scratched the surface. We put a fingerprint on the surface of this material. Mark, got to have you back. There's so much more to discuss. Really appreciate you taking this time with us. Thank you, Tony. It's a delight to be on your show. If I could make one other uh, opportunity for my guests, the uh, Selling uh, Selling Disruption Show is my podcast, but also I conduct a two-day event to help help entrepreneurs and managers think like executives. It's called the Executive Strategy Summit. I do it at least quarterly, although it's starting to get enough demand where I'm doing it every six months, every six weeks or so. It's a full two-day, 20 hours intense shift to help you create a sustainable, scalable, profitable, and ultimately saleable business. And if that describes you, my friend, let's check it out. Let's have a conversation to make sure that it's right for you. Mark, is this a, a physical venue is it a, or Absolutely. a webinar? You've got to show up for this. Nope. This is transformation. I can't take an entrepreneur and transform them into an executive unless they're sitting in there with a group of other people going through that same transformation. Otherwise, squirrel, I got to check my email. Exactly. (laughs) Mark, where is this located? It's located across the United States, although I'm also talking about doing them in uh, Australia as well as the UK, potentially even Singapore. Nice. And if we go to bijacode.com, we'll find out more about that. There's a link to the Executive Strategy Summit, or you can go straight to the uh, information page, executivestrategysummit.com. Okay. And also at your website, if someone wants to hear your podcast and yeah, find out more there. about it, they can. the link is there? That's the top of the page. It'll take you to the, uh, the podcast site. I actually have the podcast as a separate site, and we can talk about why at another time, but there's really good reasons why we do that. I love it. Mark S.A. Smith, business growth strategist. Thank you so much. And again, bijaco.com b-i-j-a-c-o.com thanks again mark you're welcome tony i got one more thing for you i gotta tell you this i gotta tell you this tell me tell me tell me you are the most downloaded show on my podcast in this year so thank you for being on my show oh that's thank you thank you yeah I've, i've got a couple people out there like my shows so thank you thank you thank you that's very nice And for my amazing audience, thanks so much for listening. Remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 